Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having Patty Blue Hayes on the air. She's an award-winning author of the book. What's the full title? Uh, it's Wine, Sex, and Suicide, My Near-Death Divorce. Patty shares her soul in this book. She shares how she overcame great adversity in her life. And that's what this is about. And we're going to help you, the audience, by understanding what she went through in your lives. Sounds like a deal? What caused you to write a book like this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll try and give you the, the short version. Yeah. We got 22 um, minutes, which is going to take forever, believe it or not. You're, you're going to feel it's okay. going to fly by, but the answer is I'm going to pull everything out of you. I'm like Larry right. King of this set. So don't worry, you're <laughs> in my hands. And I'm an open book. So no no topic is off limits because now I think the vulnerability and sharing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it started with the divorce with your husband or, or it started even before that. Yeah, so. it started before that. But so I'd, I'd always wanted to be a writer when I was in sixth grade. I can remember you know, staring out the window when you're supposed to be paying attention and just feeling like I wanted to write a book that would help adults. But, you know, I was 11 and I knew I didn't have much to offer, but that desire to write something that would help people stayed with me. And I did a lot of different kinds of writing throughout my life, but it wasn't until the end of the marriage, which came very abruptly and I was, you know, so it was very let, dramatic. Let's go, let's go back to this again. Uh, I want everybody to understand what caused you to write this particular book? Well, the desire was set when I was a young yeah, child. Yeah, I, I, to write I, I misstated it. You're, I'm saying read my mind. I, you know, let's go back to when you were in the situation with your husband and your husband really showed he didn't love you anymore? Well, the desire to write the book actually came um, when I was waiting for an airplane to fly back to California from the East Coast, where I discovered the infidelity oh and God. the betrayal. Oh my and God. because I'd been writing over the years, there was just, you know, like the, the voice from within that said, pick up a pen. This is your book. Um, I'd been working on a couple other things, you know, at the time, but so I just started journaling, knowing that I would share it with the public okay, at some so point. Let's, let's go into the story in the book now. Well, the story, story is what story of, of what went on. Yeah. The, the story is really a chronicle. It's a journal. So it's a journal of the dark days and nights um, after learning of the betrayal, the end of the marriage, and how 
I was on this downward spiral and it was funny because I think I had decided that I was going to write a book. In my mind, it was going to take one year to become a whole new, brand new, revitalized person. And so I gave myself, you know, and this was after a 17 year relationship. Okay, so let's go into this. A seven year marriage, but. Let's go into this relationship. And, and what exact, what you, you found that he was unfaithful, but let's go back a couple of steps from that. You thought you were in love, you thought he was in love with you, but then you found out this infidelity and so on. Let's go back, let's take the audience through the steps, how you found out what exactly went on there. Well, you know, hindsight is always 20, right? So I look back now and I see how clear everything is. But when I was in it at the time, when I was, I didn't have a lot of autonomy in the relationship because I saw my identity as his wife and I saw my value in a direct relationship to what his approval was of me. So I didn't have a lot of autonomy. And so when there was criticism, when there was, um, you know, the, the sarcasm that got a little more cruel, um, the unkind words, the abandonment, I took that all personally. So it was really like a a self-destructive our audience isn't as far as we I've read your book and they haven't read it yet. I just want to take a step back. So your husband was unfaithful. He seemed to love you for a number of years. He seemed to, and then all of a sudden you found out, you found out and then shit happened. Life changed Mm -hmm. drastically (laughs) and, and it changed in such a way You went through pain, you went through heartache, you went through everything that everybody goes through in a relationship. You felt you lost your identity, you felt everything, because you were tied with your husband's and his identity and his world. Is Mm -hmm. that Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's really, you know, I, I find in some of these shows that I cause heartache and pain again because unintentionally, because I take you through those steps and I know you're well adjusted now and overcome with this, but please let me apologize if I make you cry later today or something happens in that way, because sometimes there's a flooding of emotions after this and it's sometimes you can't control it. Yeah. I, I think there was a time where that would have applied to me. There was, this was, um, the end, you know, kind of came in, in 2010 and it wasn't really until 2015. It was after I published. And then I went to a, um, like a retreat that really healed things at a deep soul level. I'm just going to say that there was a huge audience. We're just having some technical Mm -hmm. difficulties here with our show. There's some video and audio difficulties, so please bear with us, and I'll take you through this just like I am with Patty. Patty, 
I want you now to go into the pain that you had as soon as you found out this relationship. I want you to describe that pain. Describe what was going on in your world then. It was shock, disbelief, and I felt untethered from the world. I instantly developed physical anxiety. Um, so I, there was just a constant shaking. I started feeling nauseous all the time, um, racing thoughts. It took, I think, a, it, you know, like shock like that comes in waves. And my mind was all over the place. I thought about the loss of the family because I was very connected with his family. Um, I could not imagine my life without him because I had attached so much of my identity. All of my identity was wrapped up in him and yeah. our life together. Yeah. And so it was like, who was I really? You know, at one point when I was in therapy, the therapist said that, you know, well, it was your role as a wife. You know, she said that was just a role that you had. And I didn't understand that concept because I completely I, I'm gonna, identified. I'm going to go back and I, I, I don't want you to analyze right now. I'm just going to go back. If I was in your position, I would have been angry. Were you angry? The anger was delayed um, because I think a lot of a lot of women have a challenge when it comes to expressing anger. And because I felt like it was, you know, like maybe I did something wrong, I wasn't good enough. So that somehow it was my fault that so, you know, so when you were wasn't angry, happy. How did you manifest your anger? How did what did you do? I, I would have bitten the head off nails. I I, I, I saw a healer to help me get in touch with the anger because I'd been there. Were, I'd been consumed by sadness. And right. so he thought that maybe so you were so sad were you like, to the point of depression. Oh, I was beyond depression. I was suicidal. I was, I not only had, um, not only was I at risk for suicide, but I did have a suicide attempt. Wow. Um, I guess that was three months after the marriage ended because the pain was too consuming. It was physical and spiritual pain that was like from the inside out. And as long as I was conscious, that pain was there. And one of the things I think that's important that I like to share about suicide in particular, if I can talk about this. Oh, yes. Please, um, please. That's important because do you realize right now there's more people dying of suicide than COVID? Wow. I did not know that. So this yeah. is, again, I'm, this is why I'm going to a lot of you so that I can help everybody today. Well, so one of the things with... Um, with suicide is that my therapist asked me, are you feeling suicidal? And I said, no, because technically I did not want to kill myself, but 
you can be at risk for suicide when you say things like, I just want the pain to go away forever. I wish something would happen to me. Maybe I could get a disease and I'll die within six months. Um, and where your behavior starts getting really risky, right? Like I started very risky behavior. I didn't care what happened to me. And so, and, and wanting that pain and to let's subside. Go into that is you know, let's go into that too. You know, when a person goes through extreme pain, they try to alleviate that. And that's often manifest in certain behaviors. You know, a person that drinks probably drinks more. A person that's into sex probably becomes a sexaholic for a while. A person gets into weird and strange behaviors to alleviate the pain. What sort of behaviors did you get into? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> so the alcohol, uh, absolutely. That was a really powerful, um, you know, a powerful um, numbing device. Uh, the sex was kind of bizarre because I'd been faithful, you know, in this relationship for 17 years. And then all of a sudden I just wanted to dominate, uh, and feel powerful and feel like I was a desirable female. Um, and I didn't care if I knew their name, it didn't matter. You know, it was just very, um, very primitive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course then, you know, with both over drinking and the promiscuity, I felt tremendous shame mm -hmm. and guilt. Um, so there were a lot of self-destructive behaviors, but there was also a part of me that wanted to get through this, you know, that kind of felt like I'd been through a lot of loss before, but this really knocked me down. I mean, this loss was by far the most difficult loss I'd had. You know, I find that sometimes when something knocks you down, a person loses their sense of value. Did that ever happen to you? Well, I don't think I had a healthy sense of value to begin with because I only felt valuable in my marriage and if my husband was pleased. So that wasn't a healthy sense of being valuable as a human being. So I, I didn't have that. And I didn't know who I was without having those external structures, mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the people who were important in my life and the patterns, the traditions, all of those things. That's what I used to define who I was. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. And that's very important. I, I think it, to our listeners, you know, Patty went through a very traumatic time in her life. She indulged in behaviors to make her not feel pain and also numb the pain that was going on. It was really catastrophic pain. And I think that's important to realize that she's just another human being. But what she was able to do was put those her, this into words for people to, so that they can understand it. And you know, that's the book 
that she wrote, and it's a great book. It should be a Pulitzer Prize winner. It should be one of the best, and it has been <laughs> awarded. But it's her soul being bared to the world, and and that's what I'm trying to pull out here in just a few minutes, so that everybody can take that, feel her pain, and also, and also identify with it so that they can overcome their pain that they're feeling right now. Patty, let's go on that path. Tell us, as you were in that pain, and as you started to recover from it, what did you do and how did you recover from it? Recovering was a lengthy process with a lot of ups and downs. It's not a straight line and I never had an aha moment. A lot of people talk about having an aha moment and then their life turns around. But mine was a really bumpy path. And, you know, maybe I didn't drink for two days and nights and felt a tiny bit better about myself and that there were possibilities for me. But then I'd go on a three-day bender and then have guilt and shame and feel like I lost ground. I felt I would always feel like I wasn't making progress because if I had an afternoon where I was crying and couldn't get out of bed, I felt like that deleted, you know, maybe the good things from the prior week. The steps I'm just going to have to plug in my computer here. It says it's low on energy, so just bear with me. Keep on going, Patty. Go ahead. So it really, it really was just a. It was just persistence, um, gathering skills and tools along the way, having the desire to heal. And that is really what led me, you know, on a path toward healing on the soul level from that pain. So you were going to go to, um, you were going to go away to a special, was it a monastery or a retreat or something for a while to heal that? Is that what happened? Over in, in after like five years, I find like after doing therapy and reading tons of books and getting, you know, even certified as a coach and learning all the principles and practices of coaching. And those are some, some of the things that helped me, you know, really change my life when I realized that I had the power in my mind. Um, but there was always like what I called a soul stone. It was kind of like a kidney stone. It was kind of flare up and bring me into really deep sadness. And it was very frustrating because there were so many good aspects in my life, but there was just this one piece that just still kind of felt like this hollow, dark emptiness, um, where I would miss my ex or miss the family or, you know, feel consumed with the sadness of what I'd lost and going on this retreat absolutely was the 
healing that, that took that away. It just absolutely changed after that, but I couldn't have gone to that retreat, that level of healing. If I hadn't had the five years of preparation about, um, my spirituality, my connection to, um, God, my belief in my mind and how powerful the thoughts are that we think, um, and the importance of knowing emotions. I'm going to summarize for our audience. Audience, You're going through pain right now. You're going through sufferings, not as bad what Patty went through, but you're along that path right now. Remember, the way out is not suicide. The way out is to get in touch with people around you, get in touch with your feeling, get in touch with the reality that's there. And, you know, seek help, discuss things, talk to people. Well, there is an answer. And Patty found an answer. She found an answer with counseling. She found an answer with other things. She found the answer was not in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She found it was in much healthier things. Is that all right, Patty? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I would add that, you know, for anyone who is um, just thinking about suicide or wishing they weren't alive, it's really important to talk about the feelings. And there's so many safe spaces to do that because once you can share that, it just takes the pressure off. You just, you know, feel a little bit less like a, um, a freak of nature you know, I, when you I, know that other people. I, I found that sharing. When you know that other people are, are feeling the same. Yeah. Yeah. When other people feel the same as you and you feel, listen, there is a way out. There is a way to help and to help yourself and help others. Patty, how can people get a copy of your book? Uh, it's on Amazon and it's on Barnes and Noble. Cool. Those are probably the two best places. Yeah. And let's repeat the name to of get that. So everybody gets it. It's a journal called Wine, Sex, and Suicide, My Near-Death Divorce. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Patty Blue Gaze, truly an amazing individual. Patty, thank you so much for being here today and taking the time. I know you're in Panama right now. What brings you there? <laughs> it was part of my uh, reinvention and rediscovery. And are living a life aligned now? with my values. Yes, I, I moved to Panama. Just hold it. I'm just going to stop this. We're getting, okay, good. Uh, cool. Are you living there now? Yes, I moved to Panama two years ago. How is it in Panama? It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I, I love the the peace, the nature, the beaches, the greenery, the mountains, the people are kind. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a beautiful, world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful country and uh, absolutely just filled with gratitude every day that I get to live here. We'll have to touch bases on that more in the near future. 
for now. Well, thank you so much for uh, for having me on your show. And I hope that your listeners, um, I hope it brought someone some comfort just to know that they're not alone, if they were, you know, feeling kind of alone in the world. Hey, just for now, everyone, if you like this show, please like it on whatever platform you're writing it and share some comments. Thank you very much. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.